This is the intro music. Hello. Hi. And welcome to the Future Family Podcast. I'm surprised you're here for the second week, honestly. Um, But as always, I'm not alone. Yes, I have some friends with me. But my name is Blake. Who else do we have here? It's me. Me. And Tanner. (laughs) I (laughs) thought you were going to say your name and what you're going to go by. Oh, oh, my name. I'm Cody Hasselberg. me. Yes, I'm me. Cody Hasselbring, but you can call me me. And I am Tanner Aldridge, one. and you can just call me Tanner Aldridge. Yes. Hey, hey Welcome. guys, what's up? Yeah, our introductions are never going to be normal or smooth or <laughs> uh, probably what you expect. Or not without a long, awkward <laughs> yes. pause. So I hope yeah. you get used to that. We're just, I want to warn you, uh, second weekend, like, <laughs> they're going to be weird. So just <laughs> embrace the first, like minute minute and a half of awkwardness and then then you'll be you'll be ready to go for the rest of the podcast so what's up y'all gosh we're I mean, pros let's be honest do we trust a pastor that doesn't have an awkward intro so. no no just like i don't okay this is this this was going to come out sooner or later but i i have an inherent and this is just something that i have to deal with boys but i have an inherent mistrust of a pastor who is physically fit well <laughs> You know what I'm saying? What you're saying? Like if they're jacked, <laughs> if they do, if they do CrossFit, I'm like, can they not? I'm like, what? This is not the brain. <laughs> this might just be because I'm Presbyterian. I think oh. I think we're I think we're kind of revealing some things. There we go. Or because you're not physically fit. Oh, Blake. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if you have seen. Him. He is a male model. I believe we brought it up last episode. No, that was me. <laughs> That was good. Breaks up in week two. Oh man, <laughs> man! Let me tell you what we're we're talking about unity here at this podcast today. <laughs> episode one, the beginning. Episode two, or episode zero, the beginning. Episode one, the end. The end. But it was a good run, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, before we talk about our our segment this week, uh, which is denominations. Uh, I wanted to. Um, I've got a little. I've got a little segment that these boys d- uh, did not know that I'm doing. Um, but Blake, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that your your lovely fiance is there. Is she not? Um, they're yes. they're in the room with you. <laughs> yes, she is. How did you know? Uh, I just I have this telepathy about me. Whoa. Mm. Uh, now. That's creepy. Uh, now I, I would like to introduce, for the first time, our weekly segment, or maybe not weekly, maybe just whenever we get around to it. But this is a segment that I like to call "Thoughts of Jen." So Blake, can you can you get your fiance to come over to the microphone to okay. give her hey, Jen, her thoughts? Okay. All right, she's good. Okay, she's good. Yep. She's ready. Mm-hmm. So so Jen, tell us. Um, well well well, first Jen, do you have anything you would you would like to say? Hi. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Um, Jen, what what were your thoughts on the first episode, episode zero, the beginning? Hi. Oh, okay. Um, Blake, is she is she all right? That's my that's my girl. Gosh. Well. Hi. I'm I'm so proud of you, Jen. Hi. 
<laughs> All right. Well, Jen, this, uh, this has been, this has been thoughts of Jen. Um, Jen, I guess we'll, 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 we'll see you next week. Hi. Okay. All right. That's fine. Uh, Jen, I can't wait to marry you. I love you so much. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, without further ado, then let's just uh, let's transition on into our uh, our topic this week. Denominations. Denominations. Brotherhood. Brotherhood. (laughs) (laughs) So that's another quick insider. That was a possible name. I don't think we mentioned this last week. That was a possible name that we were thinking about. Calling it the Brotherhood. And not like in normal. You can't can't just say Brotherhood. The Brotherhood. You got to go a little raspiness and bass in your voice. No, yeah, you have to say it like a high school football coach. Mm. Yeah, so that was a quick insider of uh, a name that we were playing around with. We were thinking about using, but we still use it <laughs> normally. So that's mm. probably like a subtitle, like we're the future family brotherhood. Um, underneath. Yeah, and then like in two point font, Tanner on our on our logo, you need to have like brotherhood in all caps oh, yeah. in a uh, in um, Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. But yeah, so this week we're talking about denominations, um, and I guess to start off, um, I guess this podcast, we're going to define some things just so we can be on the same page with uh, some terminolo- terminology we're going to be using. Uh, first, I wanted to define, since I'm good at, at definitions. Um, <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, that is kind of your thing, um, isn't it? Dictionary.com. I'm, I shouldn't do this now, but we, you know, we recommend something, um, at the end of our podcast, uh, dictionary.com. I would follow them on Twitter. I don't know if you have heard the recent, really they subtweet, <laughs> they like sub-tweet. no one's Fantastic. business. Are you yes. serious? Um, the most re well, two big recent ones. Um, the funniest one I think was, uh, it was a, a subtweet, uh, at Kylie Jenner. I think that's your name. Um, well, I'm so, so you can decide yeah, we even had a tweet somewhat about it. Yeah, yeah. So you can just uh, look that up. That was that was funny. Anyways, back to the topic. What is a denomination? So here's your answer, real brief. In a religious context, the word denomination is often defined as a recognized autonomous branch of the Christian church. One denomination will include many local churches that are usually spread over a broad geographical region. So with that term, or with that understanding, denomination, that's what we're going to kind of go with for the rest of the podcast. And I'm going to hand it over to Cody uh, to talk about just some, I guess, some other terminology that we're going to be using. Yeah, so uh, this is something that I, I don't remember where this idea first came to me. I think it was maybe Matt Chandler, um, which this is, the, we're two for two on mentioning Matt Chandler on this podcast <laughs> in that case. Joel loves um, two for two there. But, uh, yeah. Oh, we're going to mention Joel Osteen. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I'm trying not to be a jerk, but sometimes it comes out. Um, anyways, so Matt Chandler once, once talked about issues within the Christian church uh, with the, the analogy of kind of a close-handed issue versus an open-handed issue. And I brought this up when the three of us were in small group 
uh, once upon a time. And I think we were talking about denominations or the Holy Spirit or something. And uh, this idea really kind of helped us in our conversation. So I'm going to define it really quick and we're going to use it in our conversation. But so in the Christian church, uh, we have issues that we hold with a more open hand and issues that we hold with a more closed hand. So you can think of it as kind of like issues that we should be willing to, um, to kind of, to kind of bend and flex on, uh, are our open handed issues. Those are issues that, um, if, if, people in the Christian faith disagree with us on these issues, we should still seek unity with them. So I've got a list of little examples here. So like examples of open-handed issues would be like opinions on alcohol, um, interpretations of certain scriptural passages. Um, I mean, like with that one in particular, what kind of comes to mind is like the the different interpretations of like Romans nine, if you're thinking about like reformed theology or, or uh, non-reformed theology. Um, the cessation or continuation of miraculous gifts. So to kind of, that's that's more like uh, speaking in tongues and healing and all that kind of thing. Um, baptism, do you do like pedo-baptism or do you do immersion baptism, worship style? Uh, a few other ones I've got listed here that Blake and Tanner said were uh, dress code, uh, the presence or absence of fog machines. <laughs> <laughs> so those are those are open-handed issues. Those are issues that, uh, if there's disagreement in the church, uh, it should not stop us from seeking Christian unity. And then there's issues that we hold with a more closed hand. Okay, so uh, these are these are things like is salvation by grace through faith alone? Um, Christ living a perfect life and being resurrected. Um, God creating the world. Christ being the only way to salvation. Um, God existing as a Trinity. Uh, Blake said wearing hats in church. No, that was Tanner. Cannot, <laughs> or was that Tanner? Whoever said that. That was a, okay. <laughs> Tanner, that was that was a good one. Um but yeah, so these are issues that like if if there's disagreements with these, for example, if somebody says salvation is not uh by grace through faith alone, at that point we are not seeking Christian unity with those people. That is that is the time where uh, we are seeking their conversion because they have now strayed from Orthodox yeah. Christianity. So that's that's the difference between an open-handed and a close-handed issue. That's it. Awesome. Perfect. And you'll hear us use that phrase, those two different phrases, probably a lot, not only in this episode, but throughout really the rest of this podcast, probably. Yeah. Um, but some other... Well, just one other main um, way I hear that phrase used is primary and secondary right. arguments being That's primary. Uh, the primary being close-handed, what we should not um, really compromise on, and then secondary being the the open-handed, what we can, like Cody said, flex and bend on. So I may use that just because it's in some of the, the things I read and listen to more than open-hand, close-handed, but. Uh, just for our listeners to know, that's really kind of the basis of where we're getting um, our definition and our views on denominations uh, here today. Yeah. And, and then just to add another one, uh, I use maybe sometimes essential versus non-essential oils. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's, uh, we'll give you a quick reminder um, from last week. I know we briefly uh, kind of introed uh I guess our story. And so that 
included some of our church history and church background. So we're going to remind you of the denomination as we identify with. <laughs> Is that correct? Term? Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, that sounded weird. Um, we're going <laughs> to let you know what denomination we're in pretty much. So I'll start. Um, I am non-denominational. So uh, this will be where I kind of peace out of the podcast since I'm not <laughs> affiliated with the denomination. Um, so I'll see, I'll see y'all two weeks. Week. Hope you have a great uh, two rest weeks, of yeah. your summer. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. So I am non-denominational. Um, that, as I explained in the last episode, it, uh, I guess it comes, I kind of see the non-denominational church coming from two different sides, a more uh, Baptist non-denominational side or a more, uh, I guess, charismatic non-denominational side. So I come from the latter, the charismatic non-denominational side. Um, so that's where I guess I, uh, identify with, um, now, and there's a lot of different things I'll go into further in a little bit, but that's where I am right now. Cool. Blake, uh, well, really quick, Blake, um, this is, this is actually something that I, I didn't have fully defined for me until like uh, uh, five months ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Can you just really briefly like define charismatic? Sure. Yes. Um, so charismatic, I guess, I guess it can become very, uh, if you picture that word or I guess it's related with like Pentecostalism um, a lot, but I would say charismatic is the more so believing in the um, continuation of the gifts. And even under that terminology, it's very, uh, I guess, broad um, just because there are so many different, even under the, the charismatic, I guess, grouping, of Christians, then there are like a lot of different Christians under that. But what it means to me, I guess, is it's more of a, I guess, a, an open-minded view towards the Holy Spirit and um, who he is and yeah. how he works today. Um, I guess more of an openness to that. And I guess one of the, the big things that people look at is the uh, how we believe in gifts and, and its workings today. So, yeah, that's brief, basic definition of what I would say charismatic is. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Blake. Yeah, Cody, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. Um, so my my background um, is mainly just the Baptist Church, Southern Baptist Church, uh, and then just kind of developing Reformed theology for myself in um, high school days. And now I go to a um, Presbyterian, a PCA church, Um down here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So that's, uh, that's, do you guys need anything else as far as that goes? I like, can you remind us what uh, PCA stands for? Yeah. So peace, uh, there's two, there's two main branches of the Presbyterian church. I, I'm saying I, I'm very new to this, but, uh, <laughs> the PCA and the PC USA, um, mm-hmm. PCA is Presbyterian church of America. PC USA is Presbyterian church of the United States of America. And uh, I can I can talk about this a little bit later, but there there was a split to to those two like branches of the denominations of the Presbyterian Church uh, because the PC USA denomination um, started kind of going to some of those um, some of those doctrines that 
are kind of, you know, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit making a close handed issue an open handed issue. Uh, right. And we'll, I'll, I'll discuss that later, but that's kind of where that, that split occurred. I don't, I know very little about this, but that's the, the basic, the basic gist of okay. what I understand. So, Gotcha. And I am, as Cody mentioned, probably last week or definitely last week, um, a little in the middle, grew up Southern Baptist um, with probably recently more uh, prone to go to a non-denominational church with, as we'll get into a little later, with Baptist, um, mostly Baptist theology. But in the same sense, I think probably all three of us, uh, I don't want to speak for both of you, but I think all three of us listen to um, pastors, preachers, teachers from different backgrounds and from different denominations. So I kind of do the same listening to guys that preach at VCA churches and non-denom and Baptist and um, all over the place. So yeah, that's me. Cool. All right. Cool. cool. Um, well, let's, we got a few questions. I was going to preface those questions with, uh, we, we all did kind of just a little study, um, a little research on, uh, <laughs> Cody, you did. I mean, you came up with the questions. By all of us studying, Blake means Blake and Tanner study. No, 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 no. no. Um, but just to preface a few interesting points, I, I guess I found in uh, my little research, I didn't research a lot. And we would obviously, we hope these podcasts encourage you to search these topics out more. So we hope you look at, at this a whole lot more. Uh, but one interesting thing, um, I found was that there's one website that, and I guess this is a common thing. They say that there are about 30,000 denominations in Christianity. Um, That is obviously exaggerated, but we did want to, I guess, kind of narrow down what we meant or what, when we define denomination, we talk, uh, or we're saying Christian denomination, but we're also excluding a few, I guess, groups who would call themselves uh, belonging to the Christian faith. So um, Presbyterians, right. Lutherans are examples of... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Presbyterians and Lutherans are examples of Christian denominations. On the, on the other hand... Like, I love what you... Other, I love what you bring to this podcast so much. <laughs> I was just reading a statement. Oh, man. That wasn't even a joke. Um, okay. They are examples <laughs> of Christian denominations. Mormons and Jehovah's Witness are examples of a different group um, that would claim to be Christian, but they deny one or more of the essentials of the Christian faith. Okay, so that's what we want to, I guess, mm-hmm. not get too much into. But we wanted to say that while we um, while we talk about that. And then also the rise of the Christian, I guess, denomination. Um, all of the denominations can be traced back to the Protestant Reformation. Um, it was the movement to reform the Catholic Church. Um, so we're also not talking about Catholicism in this. So we just wanted to draw that line there and let you know. Presbyterians and Lutherans are Christians. Okay. I did not say that. They weren't. Y'all did not let me finish. Blake, I love you so much, man. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Let's oh, move on great. to the questions. Question number one, are denominations bad, unbiblical? Do they cause division? So, um, so I, I, I wanted to pose this question because I think a lot of times, I, I don't know when this happened. Um, there was a P 
period of time. I feel like it was before 2010. I don't know, but it may still be going on. But just a period of time where there was this idea that um, denominations were like everything that was wrong with like the church. Like they were like the reason for disunity is that we just have so many. And people were just ragging on denominations um, constantly. So I pose this question because often I, in in my own experience, I play devil's advocate for denominations um, a lot of times. And I can kind of go into the, the reasons of that, but uh, the gist of it for me, and I'm going to, I'm going to get into this more later when we talk about how do we promote Christian unity. But often my, my thing is like, look, man, if we all went to the same denomination church, if there was only one denomination and we all went to the same church, it is naive to think that we would not have any problems with disunity because the problem with disunity isn't, you know, like denominations. It's the fact that the human heart is selfish yeah, and, and, and prideful. And that issue with the human heart is what causes divisions. It's not denominations could be a, a effect of a divisive spirit, but in no way are denominations like the cause it's, it's not what's causing us to be divisive. So that's what I wanted to get out there. Yeah. I, um, one of the the articles that I researched that I'll try to throw in the show notes. Um, if they're not there, we'll try to throw it on Twitter too, but is a pretty good article on the desiring God, um, platform by John Piper talking kind of about that. And I think, what a lot of people use, um, at least the the biblical passage that people use that Cody was mentioning for like the reason to not have denominations is 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 10 and 11. And I'll read it for you. It says, um, obviously this is Paul writing. He says, I appeal to you brothers by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be den- uh, excuse me, united in the same mind and uh, the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. Um, and then he goes on to say, what I mean is that uh, each one of you says, I follow Paul or I follow Apollos or I follow Cephas or I follow Christ. Uh, and then he closes that little phrase with, is Christ divided? Um, was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So a lot of people use that as kind of the argument of, hey, we don't need um, denominations. Let's just take out you know, these labels, I think that's kind of a big thing for, you know, our generation and the generation before us. And, um, now after us is like trying to throw away all these labels. And then we get to this argument, right. Of let's just not have denominations, just be all unified. But I think there is a, um, a beauty in having these denominations, right? Like, um, though I hate segregation in denominations by ethnicity and color, I think the context of us coming out of what um, cultures we come out of affects our praise and our worship and um, the really the groanings of our spirit. So perhaps a, a you know a very conservative farming style Southern Baptist preacher may not be able to mm-hmm. speak to and lead worship for uh, inner city African American, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of somewhat the beauty in denominations kind of to jump on Cody's devil advocate um, bandwagon here that there is um, a need, uh, I I would say a need for denominations um, 
currently and in that that article you can read um john or pastor john piper going into his beliefs on that uh i follow paul i follow paulus not being really a call to take out denominational barriers but to not be prideful and boastful in your conversion experience but to be unified in love though you come from different backgrounds yeah so that's my thoughts on it yeah, that's good. I guess I had a question arise for maybe both of you, since you're kind of on this, I guess, same viewpoint for that. What, I guess, you could def- you could technically, going off of your example, uh, Tanner, you could definitely have two churches of the same denomination, but of a different cultural, like, feel. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, for that example, we could definitely have two different churches both of the same denomination, but both doing great work in different uh, circumstances. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So I guess my my question would be, uh, are denominations bad? A denomination that would maybe uh, have have a, like, like we said, an open-handed issue, that they would like take that and pit that against another denomination who had a, had an opposite open-handed issue, maybe let's say, let's say baptism. Like if you had two denominations that believe different things about baptism, um, is there, do you think that becomes bad unbiblical there? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Hmm. I want to see if I can think about how to answer this. Um, I can jump in while you're thinking. Go ahead, Tanner. Yeah. So I think, um, really not to be like the not trying to be like super deep in this answer but the question with our denominations bad i think no but people in denominations are bad right like cody alluded to that the 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 parts of us the the daily waking up and having to die to self and fight against our flesh um, that we don't always win that battle right and so that's why many denominations have these huge stains and these huge um stumbles in leading people i think that goes over into what you're asking blake of of how we address the differences in those open-handed or secondary issues um, comes from our pride in saying we have everything figured out and i think we need to first draw the line early on in our faith that we will never have the full understanding of divine truth on this side of heaven so for us to say that our version of the truth in those open-handed issues is um, uncompromisable, then we are fooling ourselves and causing others to not see, um, I think, a broader glory of who God is and a, a better view of his, the essence um, of who he has or how he has revealed himself to others outside of our context and cultural um, upbringing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And Blake, tell me if this, if this kind of answers uh, what you're speaking to. But um, I was thinking about this when we were thinking about show prep for this. But um, if you trace back church history, like all the way back to where a lot of these different denominations started, I'm sure that the reason we have a lot of our different denominations, and I haven't studied this enough to know, but I'm sure that if you look back at it, a lot of these denominations probably happened because somebody took an open-handed issue and treated it like a close-handed issue. And then they, they made a division from it. 
Now, a lot of times because of that, I've seen people that'll that'll look back at that that history in the church and they'll say, well, see, because this thing started this way, we shouldn't have denominations. But I'm a big proponent of I don't think just because something starts out wrongly, you know, if if, for example, a denomination started because of a split over some like small difference that somebody made a bigger deal than it actually was. That doesn't mean that it has to be continued in that same spirit. You know what I mean? I think just because a a split happened over, over something where someone made an issue bigger than it was supposed to be, doesn't mean that the members of that denomination now can't pursue and have valid Christian unity with members of other denominations. Um, Yeah. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Yeah, that's good. I was just thinking, and I asked that question because I was thinking of, of a long, like, I agree with you all. I think denominations are uh, really beautiful, and especially when they uh, work together, um, when they have that kind of, like, you have strengths in this area, I have strengths in this area, let's be it, like the body of Christ, let's be the, the uppercase C church, like, and work together. Uh, I think that's a beautiful like mixture. Um, but I do see where denominations go bad. And I think Tanner, you mentioned this is when it becomes more of a prideful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my denomination is better than yours um, kind of thing. Or like my, I guess my thought, my, uh, my knowledge of, of theology or my interpretation of scripture is more correct than yours. Um, when at the end of the day, like we're all like, pretty much in the same boat in that we're like, we're giving, given the Holy spirit, we're given scripture, we're given the tools we can to, to like make our own, uh, I guess, interpretations of that. But when it becomes like, well, I have everything figured out. Uh, you're a little off yeah. in this area. So I'm therefore I'm greater than you are. I'm, I guess, more skilled or more knowledgeable than you are. I think that's where it becomes an issue. And whenever it becomes, denomination versus denomination and maybe i'm thinking more church versus church like in a town you got uh, two churches who are like the the biggest and they're always like butting heads because they're different oh yeah i see that as huge like a huge problem uh, mainly because i think there are bigger uh fish to fry i don't know why that (laughs) came i'm country uh bigger fish to fry out there Um, (laughs) because we have uh obviously we have an a a calling, um, on all of our lives as, as Christians, um, to impact the world, like outside of our doors. But that, I don't believe that is to win people from the other denomination to our denomination because we worship with our hands lifted and they don't worship with their hands lifted. Like, I think that's so like (laughs) just petty almost like, how did we not put that in the open hand? (laughs) (laughs) So I I think that's where denominations can become bad when, when it becomes more of a, a war or a, like, I'm better than you are kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think my, my like two sentence synopsis on all of it that we just kind of discussed. And I've, I've said this before. Um, I've said this before when talking about uh, race, like when people use the phrase, I don't see color or I've, I've, I've used, I've used this example in a lot of different places, but I think like, if you look at denominations, um, the, we have dividing lines. Like there's no getting around that. Like, we have dividing lines. B- 
because we have denominations. There are people who are go to Presbyterian churches. There are people who go to Baptist churches and there are people who go to non-denominational churches. If I was to analog this to race, it's like there are people that are white. There are people that are black. There are people that are Asian. Like they, those things exist. And I think when we see that there are those dividing lines, the temptation is to say, well, let's just erase all of them. I don't think that's the answer. I think and that's what I that's what I think people are doing when they're saying I don't see race is they're just seeking to be like, well, there's just I just don't race just yeah. doesn't exist to me. And the same thing with denominations. The answer isn't to erase those dividing lines. The answer the the answer is to reach across them. Yeah. That's that's my two sentence synopsis that's on good. it. Mm. Yeah, I think um I think we kind of really established and answered that where do denominations go wrong and go bad in that being prideful? But also I see it's not really necessarily being too much a denominational issue, but just a, a church issue is a lot of times I think we start to maybe in the sense of pride, think that we as the church must be the savior for the the lost. Yeah. Right. And I think that we were never obviously I mean, it's pretty evident to me that we were never meant to be the Savior. We were just called to be the bride of the Savior and to serve and love the one that does save and point others to that uh, to him. Um, and so when we get that role mixed up and think, okay, we um, have everything, again, have everything figured out, therefore we have the capacity and the capability to save, uh, we've already fooled ourselves and we're going down a, a very dangerous path to... Um, leading a lot of people astray, I believe, but also hurting and causing a lot of pain and just like, obviously disunity um, in the church. Yeah. I like it. Um, okay, well, let's continue on. Uh, I guess this next question, I'm kind of skipping one, um, but I'll, I think great. this one transitions well. Uh, where do denominations go wrong? Like, I mean, we, I think we agree that denominations are a good thing, um, but where could they go wrong? So I can give kind of the little, the little thing I told you guys about in the pre-show meeting. Um, yeah. but I think the, the two main places denominations can go wrong and I'll go with the less, the one that happens less frequently, and then I'll do the one that happens more frequently. But I think the one that happens less frequently is when we take a close handed issue and we make it open handed. Okay, so I can summarize this by saying it's it's when we tolerate all beliefs to the detriment of the core gospel. Okay, so it's it's when we when we seek to be so um, I guess just like visitor friendly and so just like so so open. Like we should be open and loving to everyone, but when our openness becomes tolerance of things that are false gospels, that's where we go wrong. Um, we should be loving to the world, to everyone caught in any sin, because I mean, we we are no better ourselves, even as Christians in a day to day in a day to day life. But Paul was completely intolerant of false gospels. When you read Galatians, he said, if, if us or an angel from heaven preaches a gospel differently than the one you believe, let him be accursed. So we have to hold those core tenets of the Christian faith with closed hands. And it may seem intolerant, 
but it's, I, I for one think that the intolerant thing is to not hold anything as, or not intolerant, but the, the worst thing to do is to not hold anything as truth at all. Um, I think that that is where we get super dangerous. And then the thing that happens more often, and this is probably something we can spiel on more, but it's when we take something open-handed and treat it like a close-handed issue. It's when we will abide by no belief or conviction that's differently than our own. Um, I think of like just a, just, just being like curmudgeon with it, you know, uh, we don't we don't seek to learn from anyone that believes a different theology than us. Uh, we don't seek to um, to have friendships with people of different denominations who prefer different things. That's that's where I see the church going wrong more often. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Blake? Um, I guess I kind of touched on that uh, already, um, but I will dive in a little bit more. Um, I was thinking. Um, I guess I didn't explain this very well as far as being what being non-denominational is i guess you could look at it this way as far as like uh if you're a southern part of the southern baptist convention um you're a part of like a group of larger churches um you have that i guess as your hierarchy i don't tanner you could probably and cody you could speak on that more than i could um, but you have more of a hierarchy over the church and and that maybe that comes with more rules and regulations is that correct you mean like we have um, conventions and like um guidelines like maybe I don't, I don't, governing, governing governing bodies or, kind governing, of thing is that what you're talking about okay. what i'm looking for i, I know what you, i know what you're saying yeah okay yeah tanner you can probably speak to that more i would say yes and no like i think um propaganda uh and his wife um, I have a really good podcast, the Red Couch podcast, and they spoke about back during the last uh, big convention in Texas, they kind of made the statement that um, to what you're saying, uh, Blake, more so in the sense that Southern Baptist uh, convention being kind of like a subscription. So <laughs> as a church, you just um, pretty much subscribe to get some yeah. really cool benefits now because I think what – um, a lot of people don't realize is you could have a hyper Calvinist um, preacher preaching in a Southern Baptist church, as well as a pretty Arminian um, belief or whatever uh, preacher in the same convention. That is true. And, yeah. um, and those are, I think we could agree. Those are some almost polar opposite in certain beliefs. Um, yeah. yeah. Back to what you were saying, Blake. Okay. I just didn't know how, like, I guess structured it was or how strict on theological beliefs, uh, like a, a denomination or a certain like convention would, I guess, pressure onto the churches of that. And so that's why I guess the non-denominational churches I've been a part of, that's their thought is it isn't at the end of the day, there are belief systems, there's theology, there's the core tenets of the faith that they adhere to. But at the end of the day, if the, like, say they were in a denomination, if it had something and they had a, an issue about a certain, uh, we would call it an open-handed issue, um, that would not directly affect this yeah. church. So I guess I, I wanted to clarify that because that's an issue I could see um, where denominations could go wrong, um, where at the end of the day, it becomes more about the denomination rather than mm. the uh, belief system, like the I guess the religion at the end of the day. 
um, where it becomes more about the do's and the don'ts or the requirements of the denomination versus who I am as a, as a child of God, as a Christ follower, you know? And so I think that is where it could really get kind of where I could see denominations going wrong, where that becomes the main focus. At the end of the day. I agree. And I think that, that thing that you're talking about, that um, openness to open-handed issues. Oh man, that was the most church sermon thing I've ever said. <laughs> um, but that is a thing that I, I very much appreciate about uh, a lot of non-denominational churches. And even like, um, like the, the good news is, is that there are, I feel like there are still churches that are part of denominational like organizations that do that. Yeah. A really good example I can think of is like, um, well, I really think First Baptist Starkville does that, even though we are a member of like the Southern Baptist uh, Convention. Yeah. I do think we have a good diversity of um, ideologies. And then another one, at, I'm gonna, I'm sorry that I keep mentioning this church. It's just I listen to their podcast a lot. The Village Church, um, <laughs> they are part of the Southern Baptist Convention. And I have heard like from the pulpit multiple times of that kind of that kind of openness. But I, I do. I agree with you, Blake. I think that's something I've appreciated about every non-denominational church I've been to is that openness to um, all different convictions on open-handed issues. I think that's, that's a very important thing that churches that are a part of a larger denominational organization should learn from and pick up on from non-denominational churches. Yeah. I think uh, kind of piggybacking off of what you were just saying, Blake, um, I think where, um, some people, and well, I mean, I guess this could be for all denominations. A lot of times we see um, that bickering, I guess, across the line. And I think, well, just for my personal um, beliefs, like it's kind of hard for me to take serious anyone's grievances with another church, um, especially if it's like um, a pastor or a preacher you know, going off on a rant during a sermon or anything like that about another church or another pastor's beliefs when you are spending, as a pastor, you're spending probably the majority of your week, you know, in your office or maybe out in the community and you're spending Sundays preaching, then you're not really uh, a part of that other pastor or preacher's congregation. You're not a part of their staff meeting. You're not a part of their community. So it's kind of, for me, it's just kind of hard to, to take serious, any kind of grievances when all you're taking are a snippet from a sermon that you see, someone sees floating around on the internet or um, just a a blog that's, you know, making a a very hot take, um, take on something happened. So I do see that a lot with, um, Pulp and pen. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Ooh, I'm not allowed to call people out on this. <laughs> no, but I think that yeah, that that does obviously that in itself is creating division. But it's it's very um, I don't know. It's just disturbing and it causes a lot of of disdain for other people and and not willingness to reach across and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I, I'm saying we should have a large amount of tolerance like what you spoke to Cody, but I think that we need to, to listen, especially if we are coming from the same faith and those uh, close handed issues, then we should be celebrating, not bickering over these uh, different things. Yeah. I think that kind of leads into our last question we have on here of how do we get unity between denominations? I'll let one of you guys go first since I've been uh, 
<laughs> I've been capping these off. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll start off and I'm just going to give a shout out to, uh, uh, an organization that's really impacted me, uh, fellowship hey. of Christian athletes, FCA. Um, they, I guess, identify as interdenominational. So they like welcome everyone. So they're not like a church in themselves or a, a campus ministry. Um, and I've been a part of FCA since high school and, uh, it has been, um, really impactful to me as a Christian. Um, really, I've met a lot of very uh, strong Christians who have impacted my walk, um, challenged me. Um, I could talk for days about it, but anyways, what I love about FCA events, um, is that they, they really do try to bring in and highlight a lot of different, uh, worship styles and, uh, I guess different churches, different denominations. They try to make it flow as best as possible. And, uh, they understand that there are a lot of different influences coming in. If they have like a camp or a, a or a weekend or a getaway or something like that, they understand all of those influences are coming in. But at the end of the day, they focus on the close-handed issues, the the primary issues that we've kind of mentioned um, before. So that's one thing that I love that they do. Um, I, I've kind of the older I've gotten, I've kind of got to see behind the scenes planning and stuff like that. And it is a it is a struggle, like because there are different leaders from different denominations. And so whenever they plan these things, it's a tough like thing to do. Like where do you give in worship style or uh, other like open-handed issues? Like how, how fiery do you want your preacher to be? Or like how like strictly to the word do you want your preacher to be? Um, Like different things like that. Um, So I've kind of seen the tension in that, but I've also seen the beauty in, uh, students being impacted uh, by the gospel um, because it was just at the end of the day, that was the focus. The The close handed primary issues were the focus. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the Holy spirit um, was, was present, was evident and, and did work um, in, in those events and in whatever that uh, situation was. So I've loved that about FCA as a whole. I know that doesn't answer how we get unity between denominations, but I've seen uh, that kind of bring kind of branch or, bridge some gaps in, in those denominational issues. Yeah. Shout out FCA. Let's go. Um, so the, the thing that I have for this, uh, I I pulled two verses from Philippians. I'm just going to read those and then I'm going to kind of say what it means as far as seeking unity in the church. So this is Philippians two verses one and two. Uh, It says, so if there is any comfort in Christ, or sorry, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. So what Paul is saying there is he's saying in two verses, the first verse is saying, look, if you are walking closely with Christ, if you are changed by his love, and if you are um, just seeking community with the spirit, then as an extension of that, have Christian unity. Um, so I think if we start to see a lack of a, a humble heart towards people with different uh, opinions on open-handed issues, if we start to see a lack of Christian unity in the church or in our in our own hearts, the very first thing that I think we need to go to is uh, how encouraged am I by the love of Christ? 
um, how encouraged am I in the Holy Spirit? Because I don't remember where I heard this, but somebody put this so perfectly that you can have unity between two very unlike things in the Christian church because a holy God sought unity with an unholy people. And there is no gap wider than that, that God chose to cross for us. So the, the closer that we are to our understanding and our application of the gospel, I think the more that unity is going to start just being a natural outflow of our hearts. Another thing kind of to steal from last week, um, the last episode where nuance, I think we need to understand and celebrate, celebrate the nuance that is within denominations. Like I think we've established that denominations are a good thing. Um, I think fortunately they'll be, uh, kind of disappear when we get to the kingdom come. Um, but right now they, they serve a really good purpose um, as a community of believers. But to celebrate the nuance that is within those, like Blake mentioned about um, my analogy earlier of two different um, churches, one preacher not being good, um, the best fit for another church, to celebrate that. Like I know I'm not the only kid from a pretty conservative Southern Baptist church that um, doesn't grab the first John Piper book off the shelf, but instead grabs Eugene Peterson who wrote the message and the same kid that reads the message just as much as he reads ESV. I know I'm not the, that I'm not the only person in the Southern Baptist um, tent or faith to do that. Like there is a certain nuance to each denomination. Um, And so again, to celebrate that there is that need for denominations, but, on the flip side, denominations, I think we need to realize that there is a long way to go, that there is a lot of stains in the past um, and faults that perhaps we haven't um, repented from or asked forgiveness of if we've hurt individuals, but we need to perhaps uh, address those uh, in order to take really good steps forward so that that unity um, can actually become a reality. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and I guess to, to wrap up our denominational uh, discussion, um, maybe a last thought from, from each of us kind of wrapping up your kind of thought process. Cody? Sure. Um, yeah, I think overall um, they don't they don't have to be a bad thing. Um, if you have a heart of unity, uh, I don't think you're going to so much care about those dividing lines. Um, and in fact, I think step one for me in the, in this regard, and we can talk about this more in the Holy Spirit episode because this kind of fits more in that conversation. Uh, but step one for me was just learning to recognize the strengths of people who have uh, theologies different than you. Um, so there's some quote from a famous philosopher that says something to the effect of like the mark of an educated mind is to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. So like the thing is, is that I'm not asking everyone to like, I'm not asking for people to convert to like Calvinism here. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like every member of every denomination should be able to look at every member of every other denomination and say, 
that is a strength that they bring to the body of Christ. And I'm just going to give one quick example is that like in my denomination, in Reformed theology, sometimes we study intellectually so much that we forget the vital piece of like living it out, um, experiencing it, um, moving from our head to our hearts. And I think that like, if I'm looking at like, for example, like a, like a charismatic type non-denominational church. And this is a, a, a reason that I'm so thankful for my friendship with like Blake and my friendship with you, Tanner, is that I feel like you guys really bring it from the, the head to the emotions and to the actions. And I think that that's something that, um, that is incredibly valuable for me to learn from. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't have to agree with every ideology and theology, but it is vitally important to be able to look at people that you don't agree with in those areas, but say, I want to learn from them here. And this is something cool that they bring to the table. So, sorry, I went yeah. long-winded there. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I don't, the, mm-hmm. we, we believe scripture is God breathed is, is, uh, infallible. Um, yeah. that is a, I guess a core, uh, or a close handed issue, but I, be, I believe there is no in, infallible denomination or church or like no perfect church, mainly because you, you take yes. humanity into that equation. Um, and so therefore I think when we become so, I guess, fixated on a denomination or a church even, um, and we just kind of go along with that, we're just kind of in the boat no matter what. I think that's, that's a problem. Um, so at the end of the day, I think we, we are, we are all in a relationship, a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And so therefore we have the ability to search scripture ourselves, um, to, to realize, okay, well, this is in scripture, this isn't scripture, or this is kind of twisted. Um, so I think at the end of the day, no matter what denomination you're in, I think at the end of the day, you need to be solid in your faith and your belief of the core values, uh, the core truths that we need to know as Christians. And so at the end of the day, if we become too fixated on a denomination or a church, then uh, I think we lose sight of, of Jesus um, at the end of the day. So, and I've said at the end of the day, like 20 times. In this past. <laughs> so I'm going to end it with that at the end of the day. At the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'll um, do my closing with a kind of a quote from one of the articles I mentioned and the writer quotes St. Augustine uh, saying that over 1,500 years ago, he said, uh, in the essentials, we should have unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, love. And she goes on to write, so let's remember that we can be unified on the important things and not worry too much about those things that are less so. Finally, as in all things, our attitude toward one, each, uh, one another should be ruled by love. That's beautiful. That's just tattooable. Yes. Tattoos, that's yeah. another open-handed issue we didn't even mention. Wow. Oh, gosh, man. Oh, my God. Today I'm, is not to Write it down. Out of time. Okay, last, let's, let's transition into uh, our last yeah. segment for the episode. Let's do it. And you know what it is, Cody. Let us know. Yes, I do know what it is. It is our favorite segment of every week, which is, what are we enjoying this week? I love this segment, and I hope you guys don't mind that we're 56 minutes in, but you know what? This is our favorite segment, so we're going to do it. And we promised we would be out by 30. Ah, that's yeah. true. This is, free, co- this is free content, though. Just remember that. Yeah, from 30 on, it's free. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's free. 
right, okay we, who's going we, first we, this we, we're terrible at this <laughs> we're not good with time we're learning we're learning okay, okay. and i felt like that went learning. so quickly i don't know i felt like it, yeah, it did oh, man, it, yeah. i looked up and it, it was 25 so minutes <laughs> we were shooting for 30 we'll let you know that we were shooting for 30 well let's be honest jen took up the majority of our <sighs> time gosh yeah. So jen much. yeah cody great idea for a segment Golly. oh thank you <laughs> Maybe we'll Hi. see her next time. I like. Oh, oh, hey. Gosh, gosh. Oh, and she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll start off. Uh, one thing I'm enjoying, and I've been enjoying this all year, so it's not like a new thing for me, but uh, I wanted to mention it. It's the app One Second Every Day. And uh, Tanner and Cody are both oh. on my timeline for this. But it's it's uh, yes. it's not necessarily social media, but it, it kind of makes you – uh, think creatively about something you do in your day. And so all it is, you take a video or a picture that you take, um, and, uh, you add it to a timeline. And so by the end of the year, I'm going to have 365 seconds, um, because each day is one second video. So it, uh, it, they have challenges every month to like do something fun or creative or, uh, do something different than your normal daily routine. Um, but anyway, it's really cool. I would, I would encourage you. you can start the middle of the year. Or you can start at the beginning of the year, whenever you want to start. Um, but it's cool. It's called one second per day. And it, it is, it does cost. It's like two or $3, but it's worth it. It's really cool. So there you go. Cool. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. Okay. Uh, me and Cody were talking about this right before the show, but there is a Netflix show, Netflix series um, called Ugly Delicious that I really recommend. Um, quick um, not spoiler, but a flag, whatever, um, is there is some harsh language in it. So could you get uh, an example? You know, Cody. So you Baptists <laughs> can't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Cody, your young ears. Um, no, but uh, the, I'll read the premise because I'm not that great of, of giving premises, but it says, uh, talk about this chef, David Chang, the main, not necessarily host, but um, star of the show. Is it's kind of like a travel log that sends him on a journey to culinary hotspots around the world. Uh, he's joined by writers, activists, artists, and other chefs who use f- food as a vehicle to break down cultural barriers and tackle misconceptions. So I've seen the first two episodes, and I'm so excited to watch the rest. But each episode is um, just around a certain food. So the first one being pizza, the second one tacos. But what he does is he kind of goes to the obvious place. So excuse me, I keep burping. Um, the pizza one is, it starts off in like Brooklyn, New York, um, an Italian guy that started his own, um, you know, pizza place, but he goes to different areas of the world, not even the, not only the country, but, um, to different parts of the world where they do it different and how they kind of mm. actually is a unification. So I'm just now seeing how this parallels with our episode today. <gasps> Could have done a sermon about it, man. <sighs> Um, we we yeah, are three hours short of a Presbyterian sermon right now, so we're uh, <laughs> we're good. I can go for it, uh, but yeah, I highly suggest it. Um, again, some harsh language, but it's worth it to um, leave very hungry for the specific food as well as learn something new. Cool. And uh, Nathan, my pastor, uh, if you if you listen to this, I love the length of your sermons. They're like thirty minutes. I just <laughs> Okay, so you want me to go? You're the last one. Yes. All right. What so, alcoholic beverage do you suggest? <laughs> it's not an alcoholic beverage this week. Um, although, if you are going to get it, Clyde Mays Alabama-style whiskey. It's delicious. It's what I've been drinking during this podcast. Um, so, 
the thing that I'm going to recommend to every it's it's not really something you can go out there and watch or listen to, but it is something that you can do and I encourage you to do. The thing that I've really been enjoying this week is hearing people I know and love make fun of LaCroix. <laughs> so if you don't know, if you don't live on this planet, LaCroix is a beverage question mark <laughs> that is it is uh sparkling fruit water now i love making fun of it mainly because my sister is the only one in my life i know that enjoys it and i love making fun of her so it's like a it's like an extension of that but in the spirit of making fun of lacroix i have three tweets uh, that were sent to me by chad porter that describe what lacroix tastes like that i would now like to read on the air with uh your permission, boys. Please do. LaCroix tastes like if you were drinking carbonated water and someone screamed out loud the name of a specific fruit in the other room. LaCroix, <laughs> I love these so much. LaCroix tastes like if someone ate a fruit salad then burped into your water bottle. <laughs> and then my favorite one. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to read that one. <laughs> this one is uh, every LaCroix flavor tastes like it was created by someone who didn't want to admit he'd never tasted fruit. So he had a friend really quickly describe it to him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. I saw one today. I was trying to find it. There was something along the lines of I'm about to go shotgun on LaCroix and then take essential oil shots. <laughs> Somebody sent me that. I think it was Danny. I think Danny sent me that. She she gonna send you that too. Oh man. Oh, that's good. that's good. So go, go, go drink a LaCroix so that you can experience it and then make fun of it like a normal person should. So that's, that's awesome. Well, Cody, tell us what's coming up next. What's our next episode? I would love to tell you guys what's next. Our our next episode is gonna drop. All right, let me let me let me check real quick. So this one is gonna drop the twenty seventh of July, which means. Our next episode is going to drop Friday, August 10th. Wow. Uh, so our next episode, we are going to talk about worship music. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. Michael W. Smith, Hillsong United. Let's go. All of Fred the greats. Hammond. What'd oh, you yeah. say? <laughs> Fred Hammond. Fred Hammond. Kirk, Led Zeppelin. Um, <laughs> the, the Beatles. <laughs> Kirk Cameron. Yes. Wait, no. That's <laughs> Yes. So we are going to talk about worship music on our next episode. We'll drop Chris Thomas. Friday, August 10th. Yes. Do, do we want to give any quick hot takes on worship music? Oh, no, no, we, 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 we got to save them. We got to save the hot paragraph. takes. We leave it all for, for next time, I think. Tanner, tell us how they can get in touch with us. Yeah, you can send us a telegraph uh, at your local. That's our uh, preferred no, tele- that was... telegraphery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Future Family Pod, or you can email us your suggestions or critiques or feedback at futurefamilypodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Please follow us. Please leave us raving five-star reviews. Raving. Uh, mm-hmm. Please awesome. send us ideas of what yes, we, we should talk about. I love y'all. Heck yes. Yeah. And uh, definitely follow us on Twitter. We'll have some um, amazing Oh, absolutely. Uh, And you'll never know which one of us it's from.
That's um, right. Unless it's sassy and sardonic, in which case it's probably <laughs> Well, as always, we thank you for listening. Uh-huh. Sorry it's been long, a little bit, but you're still listening, so I guess it wasn't too long. Anyways, for Cody, Tanner, and Blake, we are your future family. No, 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 no. We're, I'm waiting for the outro music to end. The end. Is it done? I can't hear it. Is it over? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're such professionals. If I leave this in, it's just do a free radio. Yeah, they're probably all still listening right now. Okay. And now we're done.